Hello, and welcome to the second episode of Box Office Banter. Uh, if you listened for our first episode, then you know what this is all about. But if this is your first time tuning in, then welcome. It's a show where we talk about movies. My name is Momin Qureshi. I'm sitting in the host chair. We have Rehan Azmuth, Furumhan Azmuth, and Harbir Parmar, the other three people uh, around the literal table that we're sitting at. It's really more of a countertop, but listeners don't need to know that. I don't even know why I brought it up. Uh, so this past week uh, was the Oscars. So this week we thought we'd do an Oscars-related show. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about some of the people who have been denominated for Oscars multiple times but have yet to win. So who some of the biggest names are there and maybe who we're surprised still is sitting without one of those uh, wonderful golden statues as well as uh, maybe look back at uh, some of the uh, best pictures that have won that maybe haven't aged so well. We're like, really, that one won? Because maybe it shouldn't have. And uh, that now that we're a few years on, we can look back and maybe re-examine some of those. And we're also going to begin by looking back a little bit at this week's Pashto. So we're not going to spend a ton of time on it, but we do want to touch on it a little bit uh, and maybe talk about uh, some of our favorite moments from this week's Pashto. It was Interesting. It was different because there was no host this year, obviously. That's a, a, a interesting thing that happened this year with the whole Kevin Hart, no Kevin Hart, Kevin Hart, then again, no Kevin Hart uh, thing, and then they didn't decide to replace him. Uh, but we do want to talk a little bit about some of our favorite moments from the past week. So, Rayhan, I'm going to go to you first. Uh, what was a moment that really stood out for you? You know, for me, the one of the greatest things was, and I never really thought that this would be something that would impact me as much as it did, but we had a lot of diversity. And so you know, much. The whole thing that yeah. started with the Oscars so white years ago, like, I mean, I understood it. Uh, I'm a big Will Smith fan. I understood it, but mm-hmm. it wasn't something that really impacted me. You think it might? But this year to see uh, costume design go to a black woman and production design to go to a black woman and Marshali, a Muslim guy winning supporting actor and an Arab Egyptian guy winning uh, best actor in Rami Malek. Like there, it's Spike Lee for a Dr. Screenplay. There are so many great mm-hmm. moments of diversity that uh, even for me, who didn't really get pained by it as much, uh, really, really felt, really, really felt it this time around. So I think that was something that, that, that really popped to me. I, I think because, you know, and Furhan and I growing up in Winnipeg too, we uh, were very used to yeah. uh, being the only ones of color. Well, it's so interesting too that it came only really, was it two, three years after Oscar So White? Which, you know, that's a pretty quick... Yeah. I mean, the thing is like most of those movies are already in production or already being made or whatever. So the timing may be a little coincidental, but it certainly was very impactful with... You know, not only Oscar So White, but Me Too and all the stuff that kind of t- like, kind of came with this full brunt of momentum into this year. So it was really, really interesting to see the amount of awards that went to people of color, to women, to different types of people. And here was what takes me back, though, that now walking away from that show, I actually feel better or more empowered or mm-hmm. uh, more confident in myself. Which is odd because I'm a grown man. <laughs> you know, I'm a... I'm a I'm, I'm a full-grown adult yeah. who didn't actually feel what I was missing until the show. Yeah. But that's the whole point, though, right? The people that say that, oh, it doesn't matter or how much of a difference right. can it make. It does make a difference. Case in point. We're adults, but I mean, you know, like I have I have nieces and nephews that are like into like comedy and television and stuff like that. And if they see people like them up there winning, and it's not only just with the Oscars, but you see, you know... Uh, like people like Mindy Kaling and Hassan Minaj and all those people because we're South Asians, so right. that's the kind of stuff that matters. But if you're, you know, if you're uh, East Asian and you see um, crazy rich Asians getting nominated and Constance Wu up there presenting, and it's it's all that stuff does have an impact on people. I didn't think it would as big as that it did. Right, Farhan, what about you? What was the moment that stood up for you? 
Uh, I think my favorite moment, hands down, was the Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga performance. I think a lot of us were looking forward to it. Yeah. And just the way it was done mm. was incredible to me. Um, I think it was really nice not having a host introduce them. Uh, it was a com- fresh off the commercial break, and you just see Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga, you know, get up from their seats. And I found that to be really nice. And I didn't know, actually, until later, that Bradley Cooper actually directed that entire entire bit so the lighting he Mm -hmm. said he wanted amber lighting so lady gaga said that i think he reached out to some of the or she reached out to her concert people and bradley cooper actually made sure the lighting was right in in that moment as well um so it was really nice for him to direct that entire piece which everybody was talking about i think it was the most talked about uh bit from the oscars i would say Um, it's also nice because he wasn't directed Uh, he was sorry he wasn't nominated for a best director uh, award so i think it was nice that he got to direct that part um but people have to leave them alone. I mean, oh. I, I mean, they're looking at each other in the eyes, and there's all these memes. And you know, I, I'm th- like, is there anybody that's more happy that award season is, is over besides Irina Shake? I mean, uh, poor Irina, like she's <laughs> sitting in between in between the two. But for God's sake, can we leave them alone? They're they're playing characters, you know. They're it's, playing characters. It's Tessa and Scott all over again. It's like, Tessa and it's, Scott virtue, absolutely. It's Tessa and Scott yeah. 2.0. Like, people but it's next sold. level. This is next level. Like yeah. Tessa and Scott, like they don't have partners i don't think like, not as far as we know yeah, yeah. right but, but um but irena shake you know just w- the fact that that poor woman had to deal with all these yeah. memes and, and all this going on i mean for god's sakes brad brad cooper is the father of her uh, of her child you know yeah, but yeah. lady gaga said well, it perfectly herself on 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 ellen she's like i mean lady gaga is very touchy-feely i'm sure she rose people the wrong way but she went on tour with tony bennett doing her jazz album right yeah. and she's literally sitting with tony bennett all the time with his hands around him, hands on the knees. So like, yeah, she can be touchy feely, but it's Irina Shake for God's sakes, guys. Like he's not, you know, moving on to Lady Gaga. Also, what what strikes me the most about this whole thing is we were at it was at the Oscars, a show about acting. That's, right. That's what yeah. they were doing, acting. <laughs> yeah. That's right. But he he killed it. I mean, oh, yeah. he must he looked nervous. He must have been nervous. He's not yeah. a, you know, he's not a singer by any means, but I mean he I can't even imagine the nerves he must have felt in that moment, but they, they, they smashed it, man. They really did. Yeah. And it's one thing to not be a singer, and it's another thing to not be a singer and then sing with Lady Gaga. That's totally. like a whole other totally. level, but it was great. And and what, one of the things, just to go back to what you talked about with the setup, was uh, that Gaga mentioned that I thought was... It, I didn't think about it at the time, but then in, in retrospect, when he said that he wanted the lights on in the house too, like on the audience, the lights weren't off. And I was like, oh my God, I didn't think about that. But yeah. in retrospect, that's like a really kind of weird interesting choice for a performance because usually they kill the lights yeah it, it, all shot from the stage right yeah which yeah. is neat at first i'm like oh, oh, oh this is a mistake they're still, still on the stage trying to arrange the piano but then it turned it turned yeah. into its own beast and which nice. and lady gaga can we talk about her necklace for a second <laughs> 128 carats yeah tiffany necklace worth 30 million dollars just to put that into perspective a star is born cost 36 million dollars <laughs> to make so her necklace is only $6 million less than that. It's only been worn twice. I think it was worn by Audrey Hepburn uh, once right. before. And that's, that's the beauty, the, the romance Dude. of the Oscars, uh, yeah. too. Though, that that, that yeah. necklace itself, yeah. knowing the history of it, and that it was last worn, worn by Audrey, Audrey Hepburn. Hepburn. Yeah, and I think that's why she's wearing the dress, of course, that, that she did wear. Very Audrey that's a 141-year-old diamond. And it was just like, what is that thing? Can I just tell you, I would be so stressed out all night if I had to wear it. 
maybe because I'm super clumsy, but I would just be like, if that was around my neck, I would be, I would not be able to concentrate. I would just be so stressed about having I it around my neck. I, I, can't, I can't envision a time or a, even a scenario where you will ever wear a piece of jewelry, <laughs> let alone a 138 <laughs> carat. It makes me sad whatever. that you don't believe in me, man. Yeah, I do someday, not. I do not. someday I'll wear a 30 that Ocean's 8 movie where... Uh, Sandra Bullock. Was where, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, yeah, it was, I think that was, that was really a, a great moment for me that I was looking forward to. If you listened to the last podcast, that was my favorite part of probably of cinema, the, you know, yeah, where the those two were vibing yeah. in that entire movie. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed that as well. What about, what about you, Harvey? What's uh, I think the best part for me was the fact that they decided to take out the best pop or the most popular movies category. Uh, I feel like, uh, you know, thinking about this a little bit more, um, the most popular movies should not necessarily be in their own category, but in the best picture category. Um, I think it's about time. You know, I was really happy to see Black Panther there, even though I don't think it necessarily deserved to be there this year. Um, but a lot of these big budget pictures to actually be in the best picture category instead of having another category on its own. I don't know. I mean, popular doesn't necessarily mean best. And to me, like most popular, the most popular movie itself, category itself is, it's a statistical category. Whichever exactly. movie made the most money is the most popular of the year. It just it speaks for itself. But I think it's supposed to be surrounding more uh, big box, big box office sure. hits, like you know the ones that you yeah. see your summer blockbusters and and whatnot. And I think you know what sometimes that uh, you see, like especially these Marvel movies. Or even like Dark Knight and, and whatnot, or yeah. Logan last year. Yeah. Um, I felt like they deserved to be in the best picture yeah. category. Um, another movie, uh, Spider Verse, Spider Man, Enter the Spider Verse. I think that definitely deserved to be in the best picture category. Hundred percent. I I know why the Academy wants to put that in there. When you think about it, if you look at the ratings, even uh, of this ceremony, it was higher, right? But the highest rated Oscar telecast of all time, the nineteen ninety eight ceremony, and that was when Titanic was mm -hmm. nominated for however many they had. 55.2 million uh, viewers and then most more recently when avatar lost avatar, to hurt yeah. to, to hurt locker um i think that was in 2010 that had 42 million around there yeah. that was the highest figure since 2005 so i get why they want to you know put this best popular category in there because let's face it you know they want to recognize the movies that have the broadest yeah. appeal right and you know what's interesting is to me the oscars is one of the things that is not hurt by our current streaming binge watching culture that we're in because award shows and sports are the only two bits of appointment viewing left so it's not like there's a lot of people who are watching it later or will binge watch it or whatever like people watch the oscars when it's on on the station it's on at the time it's on it all comes down to money that's it yeah it all comes down to money and they want the ratings and when they understand that the majority i think it was like the stats like 70 percent 60 to 70 percent of their annual revenue comes from the oscar broadcast yeah they want they don't want to lose yeah, money. It's as simple as that. So, but it seems too thirsty. You're celebrating film. Yeah, and, and if Black Black Panther, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was gonna say. I just gonna say. I don't necessarily think that you have to include them, but I think the Oscars, they're they sometimes they're too snooty for their own good. And there are some like big time movies that are good enough to make that sure. list. And they just like Black Panther this year, or even Into the Spider Verse this year. Like there are some that. So if I they disagree. Or, or, I disagree with Black Panther being the best picture nominee. I, I really do. I think it was better. But that's a that's a podcast, yeah. another podcast on its own. Yeah. Uh, and one more thing I wanted to say that I really enjoyed this year was the fact that um, they decided to put cinematography in, uh, not during the commercial break, yeah. but during the regular podcast or the regular show. Um, the fact that uh, the whole Oscars is surrounded by these initial awards, I, I think it'd be such a shame to be able to put it uh, during the commercial break. Yeah, agreed. Um, for me, my favorite moment by far was 
that Mike Myers and Dana Carvey <laughs> came out and did Wayne and Garth shtick awesome. to introduce Bohemian Rhapsody. And for me, I was in grade eight when Wayne's World came out. I was a huge like SNL kid already at that point. I loved Wayne's World. And they introduced me to Bohemian Rhapsody. I had no idea what song that was. And I remember me and all my like 13-year-old friends singing that. Like I think it came out like as a summer movie. It was like May, June. And That's we right. sang it like at graduation. We were singing it. And it was such a big deal. So when they came out and they did the shtick, even though it was kind of cheesy, I, I just loved it so much. I thought it was Good so cheesy. great. And like the... I cannot think of two more perfect people to come out and introduce Bohemian Rhapsody, the, the movie. So I, I thought that was great. Um, just before we look uh, beyond uh, this year's show for Han. Yes. Well, uh, you're kind of our fashion expert. Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, for me, there was a, some real good standouts on, on the red carpet. Um, a lot of pink this year. I think Julia Roberts was in pink. Yeah. She looked um, great. Angela Bassett, too. The she age. My goodness. She looked yeah. great as well. Michelle Yeoh of Crazy Rich Asians. She was looking good. And Ellie Saab, a nice gold one. But for me, Regina King, too. And all white. Yes. I think Regina she King was, she looked, looked great. fantastic. How about well Billy Porter? Billy Porter, you know, he... Uh, yeah, Billy Porter, a lot of people were just happy with, with the movement, but in terms of best dress, I'm going to move past that. Um, even <laughs> I Sel- liked it. Even, liked even, it even, even Selma cool. Blair, I mean, Selma, Selma Blair has MS Huge now, story, you know, yeah. and she's, she's, you know, with her cane. She looked great as well. Um, but for me, I mean, it's, it's the woman of the hour who I'm really enamored with at the moment. It's Casey Musgraves. Oh. I don't, I don't, maybe not her dress, but it, her dress was like a pink cotton candy dream, honestly. She looked like a giant loofah. I get it. But at the same time, like, can she do any wrong right she's now? On no. right she's now. on a roll right now. She's on a roll. She's on a roll right now. She's just classy. So for me, okay. um, I'm going to say Casey. Also, Casey Musgraves' song, Follow Your Arrow. Beautiful. One of my favorite oh, songs. Great I love al- Great oh, album. Amazing dude, really. album. Also, I, the, the one that just won was great too. Yeah. yeah. Great. Great. Also, I cannot believe you didn't mention Brie Larson. She looked amazing. I didn't. I didn't. I, I, you you know and how, Brie Larson. Moment. Yeah, get That's off right. of this train. I don't Some, understand. Someday, this Brie Larson someday, train. I'm gonna get Alex Greenwald out of here, and me and me and Brie. Are, you know, you know, you know who her boyfriend is? No, he's the lead singer of Phantom Planet. Oh, that is so <laughs> random and so weird. Didn't Phantom Planet sing the OC sound? They did. California. Going to California. Yeah, yeah. That's, we just lost so many listeners. We did. There. We did. Uh, Brie uh, Larson, I, 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 I don't like Brie Larson just based on the Captain Marvel trailer. So until I watch that movie... Don't be one of those people. I, I am one of those people. Oh, Any man. Good so far. Yeah. <clears throat> For people who have actually seen the movie. Yeah. yeah. That's a whole other... That's a whole other story. That's a whole other story. Okay. So we're going to uh, go on to uh, some Oscar-related topics um, that are about the movies, but just kind of going forward and really looking back. So... Uh, this year again, we had some nominees who've been nominated multiple times, Bradley Cooper, uh, who have never won. And Rayon, you have a list of people who have been nominated several times uh, that still have yet to win. And I think some of them are pretty surprising because I, when I think about them, I'm like, I fully thought that person had an Oscar already. Like Glenn Close, who lost yeah. this year. Olivia Coleman, great speech, by the way. Yeah, but Glenn best Close, who lost this year, had been nominated seven times. Yeah. Seven. She's she's climbing towards uh, Susan Lucci esque territory. She's actually got the record now for most nominated without a win. Again, fully thought she had an Oscar. I, th- I thought she had won for Fatal Attraction, but I guess not. But when you but when you start looking into the list itself and you see who actually has been nominated and lost, there's some names on here who I love, mm-hmm. and it hurts me that they haven't won Oscars yet. And look at this list. So right, Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper has been nominated for four Academy Awards and lost all four. Wait, can you just hang on? Silver Linings. Silver Linings Playbook. American Sniper. Yeah. American Hustle, right, and now a Star is Born, right. That is for Gun. You had Willem Dafoe, who was nominated this year. Also that to me is four crazy. Times. That to me is crazy. Never won. He goes as far back as Platoon, yeah, uh, Shadow of the Vampire, and the Florida Project. Which, if you didn't see that movie, it's on Netflix. That was a great movie. Great movie. Yeah. Great, movie. Yeah. great, great movie. He's only nominated three times. Is that what you said? Four times. 
Oh. Those are those are the four, right? He wasn't nominated I'm, for Jesus of Nazareth. Eh? I, no, interesting. No, some of my like my one of my favorites of all time, Will Smith. Yeah, three time nominee, never mm. won. What is it? Harvey? I don't know. Why are you making I, that face? You know. I love Will Smith, but I feel like he's he's not dialed in anymore. Like if you look at his movies now, he's playing himself over and over and over again. So it's does Denzel. Like, and we what? don't complain. Just because they're making Bad Boys 3? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's literally Will Smith. So happy about that. Yeah, me too. Will I'm Smith. so pumped so about that. Although I did not like 2, but that's another uh, story. What was the one? Concussion? Was it Concussion? Concussion, yeah. yeah like, look, at his, look at his accent. Yeah. What happened to it half of the movie? Like, it was gone. I haven't seen it, but... Oh, it was terrible. But he's a guy... That's right. It's only two Oscar nominations because he did not get nominated for Concussion. Which it was Pursuit have. of Happiness. I don't know why he was yeah. getting all upset with that, but... Vivian, you know, Vivian from, uh, the original Vivian from uh, Fresh Prince of right. Bel-Air. Like, oh, totally she, called him out on it. So, well, she calls him out on everything. She does, she hates <laughs> she him. Sour grapes. And she always, and, and she'll she, never let it and go. And the original Aunt Viv is always like, oh, if I told the story one day, I'm going to tell the story and your heads are going to spin. I'm like, Aunt Viv, it's been like 15, 20 years since the show went off the air, man. Like, By the way, Aunt Viv has a book. Story. Does she, she wrote a book she oh, told the story and that's all she's trying to do is sell these books okay. and it came out like five years ago um, or something like that she had to let them know remember the episode where she went and took dance and let them know that was she let them head, know man head head over up pop pop and one and one, and one. the greatest listen if the four of you want to do a Fresh Prince of Bel-Air podcast I, I'm so down I, I am like more down like than anything different else I could do it any day any time this and do just Fresh Prince Yo, podcast I'll do it. and I would be a happy I will, man I will 100% do a Fresh Prince of Bel-Air podcast so, so, there, so there's Will Smith there's Will Smith who's nominated for two and lost but listen he's gonna win it someday he's got to i didn't say he's gonna deserve to i don't like obviously we can't say whether he deserves to or not the movie fictitious movie hasn't been out yet but i think he will win it someday tom cruise yeah three nominations fourth of july born on the fourth of july magnolia and jerry Maguire. Hmm. lost all three you have jake gyllenhaal who is bound to win there's no way a guy like jake gyllenhaal doesn't win an oscar one day jake gyllenhaal for brokeback mountain yeah for syriana and Nightcrawler. Yeah, he was wild. Night, Nightcrawler. I can't believe how many people haven't seen Nightcrawler though. But holy smokes, that is an awesome performance and an awesome movie. Uh, Johnny Depp's been nominated for three. Uh, he had Finding Neverland, uh, the Sweeney Todd movie, and uh, he actually got nominated for Pirates of the Caribbean. The first one, yeah. the first one. So he, he had was three great nominations. In that, the first one, he's amazing. I know it's commercial, like the movie, but no, he was fantastic. But again, like to me, like it was commercial, but doesn't mean he wasn't great. Totally, though. totally. And he got Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt. Now, he has won an Oscar because, remember, he was a producer, Plan B, yeah, for 12 Years a Slave. Right. But he's been nominated three times uh, in the acting category. Uh, Curious Case of Benjamin Button, Seven Monkeys. and 12 Monkeys. Uh, 12, yeah. Right. And Moneyball. Right. And he lost for Moneyball. His performance in 12 Monkeys is outstanding. Yeah, he's crazy. He's great with the, with yeah. the long hair and, yeah. the, and the twitchy yeah. eye. Yeah. He's, he's great in that movie, man. You know who's one that's, for, Sorry. That's, that's also like, a, I've, I've only seen that movie maybe twice, but it's a great movie. I love that movie. Yeah, I gotta revisit. Yeah. You know who I think is also gonna be due for an Oscar uh, in the next few years is James McAvoy. Yeah. That person is just climbing the charts. He's amazing, especially his movie, uh, his uh, acting in Split and then recently in uh, Glass. Yeah. He, he just takes it to another level. But you and I had this conversation about Split. And Harbier says to me after we watched Glass, Glass, I wasn't a fa- big fan. Harbier calls me after Glass and says, he goes, man, how can he not get an Academy Award nomination for this? <laughs> and I said, Harbier, it's a caricature performance. It's just, you just act at these most extreme cartoony yeah. performances. You're not going to get an Oscar for something like that. I appreciate his acting. Don't get me wrong. But in glass, he was a little hey, open here Well, you've been to acting school, so you could probably speak. I haven't. <laughs> I went to theater school. Same thing. I guess. I just hope uh, 
what's his face gets a uh, uh, Michael B. Jordan gets a movie. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's he's he's, he's, he's destined to get. To get one. Has, he's never gotten a nomination no, before, right? He he's destined. I mean, to for Fruitvale Station, he was amazing. The, he's in some new movie that's coming out soon where he plays. Uh, it's like a it's like a legal movie. I can't remember what it's called, but it's a legal movie where he has like a feature role and about somebody who's wrongfully convicted for a crime. And it's coming out uh, either later this year or early next year. And like, that that movie's got like Oscar written yeah, all over he's too. He's making some really like he's made some socially conscious like yeah. great. He's great the real movies. deal, man. He's, he's the own, real deal. He's got his own production company now, right? Yeah. Just Mercy is that the movie? That's the one. Yeah. That's the one. Yeah. yeah he's got that inclusion writer now that all of his films. Uh, that he's producing through his company have to have at least I think it's at least fifty percent of them have to which be is, people of color, which is such a baller move, right? Mm. Like to 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 put that kind of stance on it is 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 crazy because that can affect like you know money coming in and stuff like that. But he, so that's like credit to him for standing up for something like that. Yeah, and, and even if he partners with Cooler again, you know yeah. Ryan Cooler is going to get something down the line. Oh right? yeah, yeah. For sure. awesome. They didn't show enough of Cooler during that Oscar. I didn't even know he was there. Everyone yeah. was thanking him. Yeah. But they didn't cut <laughs> the Kugler until the very, very end. They finally cut to him. It's like they didn't know where he was or who he was. What is his next thing That'll that he's change. doing? Uh, I don't know. Creed yeah. Panther. Yeah, Creed Panther. <laughs> <laughs> That's the next one. Creed the Panther. Zeitgeist. <laughs> it just crossover. Black Panther Killmonger fights Creed in the next movie. <laughs> Uh, spoiler they're, they're, alert Creed's gonna die in the next movie if that's the fight they, they already signed on a, yeah. they huh? signed on for another movie uh, Ryan Coogler and he's it's gonna star Michael B. Jordan uh, of course why? Yeah, that's yeah. that's the new uh, Martin Scorsese Leonardo DiCaprio tag team yeah. I'll yeah. take it I'll yeah, t- I will too I'll take 100% yeah. it's about it's about the it's about the scandal um, about an Atlanta teacher um, yeah and who who changed test scores um, in a middle school so I don't know. Let's see. Sign me up. Yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Where Give me was Googler and okay. sign me up. Where was that teacher when I was in middle school? Because <laughs> I could have really used him. Yeah. You got any other ones on there? Um, I'd say maybe one more. There's, I mean, there's quite a few on here. Woody Harrelson had three. Um, really? Yeah, Woody Harrelson's actually had three. Uh, so three billboards. People versus Larry Flint and The Messenger. Oh, I thought I was going to say Natural Born. No, no, no. Uh, Ethan Hawke. Um, mm. Four nominations. Two of them were actually for screenplay. Really? Yeah. For Before Midnight and Before Sunset. Oh, yeah. And then, oh, yeah, yeah, and then yeah, yeah. Training Day and Boyhood, of course. Right, two, right, right, right. Interesting. Well, I mean, I think there's there's certainly actors out there that you can look at and say, like, this person... Like, I think... It's funny, you mentioned Willem Dafoe, and I think he'll become one of the next, like, long-time actors that people really want to win one. You know, every now and then there's, like, one that kind of creeps into the picture, and I think Willem Dafoe will be one where, like, everybody, like, really wants this guy to, like, get an Oscar. So Amy I hope Adams. so. Huh? Amy Adams. Oh. Yes. Uh, I mean, six nominations without a win. Yeah. But there's something about her, though. I don't really care whether she wins or not. How dare know. you, sir? Like, How dare you? God, perhaps it's just her. I, there's something about her, I, though, where no, I just... I, she's a great actress. Underrated. I know she's been nominated seven times, but I think because she's so... Six. Huh? Six times. Six times, yeah. I just think because she's sometimes plays cutesy roles, you can't tell. Taken for granted. She's great. She's great. All right. So let's like switch gears and look at some movies that have won Best Picture. But maybe... Uh, maybe they haven't aged so well. Can I, do you guys mind if I, if I start Please with this do. one? Okay. So the one that I picked, and I still... I remember sitting there on my mom's bed watching with her. And I thought for sure, like, oh, this they're going to say this movie. There's no question they're going to say this movie. Expecting to hear Saving Private Ryan. Same with me. And they said Shakespeare in Love. Yes. And I was like, what? Shakespeare in Love? It's an okay movie. But it's not better than Saving Private Ryan. That was close. the power of Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. I think yeah. That was the power of Harvey Weinstein. And there's an am- That's a great amazing, point. amazing chronicle. So the Variety actually has an article that actually talks about that 
upset specifically yeah and the amount of money and tactics and politics and dirty pool that was played to get shakespeare really across the he's line. been doing it for a while Harvey Weinstein. yeah i mean a lot of people first of all 98 they turned away from the oscars when that happened because that was a travesty uh, let's totally. be serious but harvey's had his i mean he's had some successes in, in, in some other movies as well the king's speech over the social network yeah questionable that's all harvey the english patient over fargo I'm not so sure about that. Chicago over the pianist was another one. Yeah. These are, that's all the power of Harvey, right? I mean, Good World one that screenplay. Yeah, and he had a lot of movies. I mean, when there was only five nominations at the time instead of 10, um, he had a lot of them that were, I mean, he had the Cider House rules in some of these movies that were like nominated for best yeah. picture, right? Because he was just that's a lobbyist. That's so interesting. I, did, I, crazy not, I did not think about that. Yeah. Yeah. That, by the way, that uh, whole thing about uh, Shakespeare in Love, that sounds like an ESPN 30 for 30 oh, totally. <laughs> that you can make. Oh, it's a great it. expose. It's on Variety. Check it out. Really? Yeah, really that's really very good. interesting. Yeah. Really, really and did you think, did you think uh, she should have, Gwyneth Paltrow should have won best actress? Uh, no. I don't, I don't remember who was nominated against her, but I just remember coming into that Oscars thinking, like Private Ryan was such a, like masterclass like the first 15 minutes of private ryan to me are like 15 of the best minutes of filmmaking that whole scene where they're storming the beach and the guys are getting shot and the way he did it it's so intense and so real and it's just it's amazing so i don't know there were veterans who they brought in for saving private ryan and they said they were actually traumatized because they they had to walk out they had to walk out because it took them to such a dark dark place where they used to be before i mean yeah, it's Just, tough, man. Yeah, yeah. It's tough. And I know some of the actors, too, talked about, like, how it, how it kind of wrecked their brains for a while because they it was so real and so heavy. And they obviously met with all these veterans to talk about the experiences and they just kind of felt like they were reliving some of it. So that that's that's the one for me. Like, that's the biggest one for me where Shakespeare in Love beat Private Ryan. And I was just like, I cannot... Like, somebody should retroactively go back and just give it to Spielberg and be like, this is yours, man. You should really have this. Yeah, I, I, that's that was also my pick moment. Yeah. And, I, and I think... Uh, but for those of us that know, and I mean, I don't, Shakespeare in Love, sure, is fine. It is what it is. Yeah. But if you can go back and watch Saving Private Ryan forever, for yeah. the history of time. That's Shakespeare a very Love, rewatchable yeah. movie. Yeah. And that also goes to show that, like, the Oscars or any award show doesn't necessarily dictate what the zeitgeist will remember, what pop culture will remember, what, what will last on for years from now, right? Like, so many times that, like, some of the movies that win, like, for Best Actor or Best Picture... We don't remember them years later, but the ones that stand out in pop culture are the ones that sometimes you can't predict. You mentioned the King's Speech here. Yeah. The King's Speech, do you know who the King's Speech beat? Because that's the year that bothers me the most. And I was fine with the King's Speech. Like, it was an okay movie. It was a good movie. but, But that year, the films that it beat out were The Social Network, Yeah. Inception, Ugh. Toy Story 3, Black Swan, The Fighter, 127 hours true grit winter's bone like that list of nominees that year yeah. every single film if i were to rank that one two three four five I would six put seven speech at the bottom nine, ten it's it's right King's speech is not there for me no no but I for like, it to beat out the social network and inception that was the social network's year i the, remember that, it's a great year it's a yeah great year but i unfortunately frankly I toy story 3 is the best movie in that list no yeah <laughs> but i mean best trilogy but, of all time. so here's the thing like the King's speech is a good movie it's a really good movie. It's, it's not like a bad movie. It's a really good movie. It's a good movie. But it's also a very like classically Oscars movie. The Oscar loves period pieces. It loves movies about like old-timey England. It loves movies that are like set in that era. Like it just loves those types of movies. It's that slow burn, slow paced movie. That's like a movie that the Academy loves to honor. But remember, now the Academy is changing quite yeah, a bit. So totally. I think the type of movies that we're going to be seeing winning uh, moving forward is going to be 
completely different than what it was, you know, five, 10 years ago. Sure. As it should. As Yeah, as you could even see from the last few years. In terms of the diversity on the academy itself, uh, I read that there's about 30% of the voting group are women. So it's still not 50-50. About 30% are women. Huh. And about 15% are people of color. Hmm. But they're trying to change that. Stat. They're really they're trying to change that. Since they've changed it, that this is the stat that they've uh, that I've read. What about for you, man? Uh, <laughs> well, it's funny. Um, the last few years, I thought were were not really that memorable. Like I, I actually liked Moonlight. I think Moonlight was great, mm -hmm. but I'm still salty over the fact that it beat La La Land. And I know uh, I don't know I don't know how you guys think, but I I, I definitely do not think that Moonlight should have won this year. And even looking back at it, I don't think it definitely or it, it necessarily stands as one of the best pictures um, of that year specifically. I couldn't disagree with you more. Yeah, I love uh, Moonlight, but La La Land was amazing. But yeah, no, it was a great movie. If, if For me, that year also, Moonlight and La La Land for me are two films that actually rank amongst my top 10 of the last decade. Hmm. So them going head to head and for very, very different reasons, right? La La Land appealed to, you know, my, my theater history and the musicals and, and, you know, just what Chazelle did with the young director and all that. Just loved it. Something because I'd never seen anything like La La Land before in my life. So yeah. I loved it. But then again, Moonlight, you had never seen anything like Moonlight before. No, I, and I'm not saying it wasn't great. I think it was great. But I just feel like La La Land still should have beat out. Um, that specific year and then also even last year shape of water i don't think shape of water should have won uh, i thought three billboards was was significantly better and and from most people that i've spoke to said the exact same thing um i don't know i, I just feel like the, the 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 movies that are winning nowadays um are are good but they're not great and i always find uh other movies in that same category that i think could or should deserve um to win as opposed to the ones that actually do win but don't forget that the reason is also that the popular vote, right? The best picture is not actually a straight ballot count. It now goes it's, to the most yeah. popular. So they are picking the film that is the most liked from the entire bunch based on the preferential ballot. Yes. So oh, they do rank ballot? Yeah. They, so on the best picture, they actually rank from 1 to 10 based on the films that they want. And then it goes to... There's a whole system to There's it, but basically system. it's the one that's most most generally liked and whoever, whichever films are ranked higher on people's ballots end up winning, which is part of why we're seeing... What we're seeing, yeah, because like a movie that uh, might have got the first most first not or or ballots might not necessarily actually win, win which is, yeah, unless yeah. it has over fifty one percent on the first round. Yeah, that's the only way it would win. Wow, so, that's pretty interesting. Mm -hmm. And I mean, then this goes to show again, right? Like popularity is not necessarily what's being dictated here. Popular and best are two different things. They're two different things, right? What's popular and what's best, what people like the most, and what is the best quality. I mean, we've seen it. Like, we, there's movies out there that make like. Look, Roland Emmerich, and I'm going to brace yourself because I'm about to trash the crap oh, yeah. out of his movies. That guy makes the most garbage movies of all time, the most trash movies of all time, for the most part. Maybe he has one or two good ones, but for the most part, they're, they're awful. But they've all made like over $100 million, though. Like 2012, 10,000 BC, Day After Tomorrow. People love explosions moments. They do. That's all there is. People love explosions. Sure. And I enjoy a film explosion just as much as the next man, but that doesn't mean it's a good movie, though. Right? <laughs> A film explosion, as much as the next man. I just want to make that clear. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but you know, that doesn't mean it's a good movie, though. Day After Tomorrow, worst. Worst. Ugh, it's the worst. Almost as bad as Independence Day. Please, Will Smith and Independence Day, watch your mouth. No, I will watch throw it. That movie belongs in the garbage. You know, Independence Day is when they started calling Will Smith Mr. Smith. 
that was it. That was a turning moment for Will Smith. First of all, the real Mr. Smith is LL Cool J. Don't forget it. Well, just, just quickly before we wrap up, I liked No Host this year. Fantastic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It worked. It worked. For, it, what, 36 minutes shorter? Yeah. yeah. It moved along quickly. Uh, and look, I'm a big comedy guy. Stand-up comedy is my favorite thing. I love seeing comedians go up there and do their thing. I think Jimmy Kimmel did a great job last couple of years. In the first year, not the second year. I thought he was great both years. I think there's something to not having a host, though. If you want to move it along quickly and keep the pace up and not have it drag. Be in bed by midnight Eastern. Yeah. Get to the Vanity Fair party quicker, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That being said, the combination of Maya Rudolph, Amy Poehler, and Tina Fey should host next year. Great start. Yeah. 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 No host or The Rock. It was supposed to be The Rock. That's why I'm asking. Would you rather have no host or would you rather, next have, year? I would rather have next the rock? Year. I'd rather have the rock prepared to be the next president of the United States of America, so I'd rather him concentrate on that than host the Academy uh, Awards. This is campaigning. What are you talking yeah. about? Dwayne, be great. Campaigns. Host, host the Oscars in 2020 and then go into running for president. It'd be great. Just announce it at the Oscars. Yeah, the Oscars. Huh? Announce it at the Oscars. There you, there you go. That's what you should do. Rock, Dwayne Johnson, 2020. All right. Well, then that uh, does it for this episode of Box Office Banter. If you uh, like the show, and even if you hate the show, but more so if you like the show, uh, let us know. Send us some comments. Subscribe on iTunes. Subscribe on Spotify. Subscribe on soundcloud.com right oh, uh, slash box Google, office banter google podcasts google podcasts google podcasts yeah, is another everywhere. one too people uh, help out google they need some business <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they need to make some money they're not uh, they're not that profitable of a company so help them out <laughs> follow us on a google podcast too no but seriously guys follow us please honestly please, please. We're, we're begging please we're not we're not above begging <laughs> we're, we're actually on his knees right now guys, it's a please. podcast guys it's a please. podcast Get up, it's all we have it's, it's all we have it's my only source of happiness <laughs> and income box office banter itunes google play uh spotify soundcloud, SoundCloud. Look it up. But for now, that's all the time we have for now. So for Rehan Azmuth, Farhan Azmuth, Harbour Parmar, my name is Wilman Qureshi. This has been Box Office Banter. We'll talk to you next time. Goodbye.